about it. Welcome everyone to the Precision Unloaded podcast, episode 20. We made it to 20. Woo! Do we get a party at our 21st? Uh, we do actually, yeah. It's like We can we can invite all our mates around. and yes. Oh, it's lockdown, we can't do that. No, welcome to episode oh. 20, the lockdown edition. We didn't see this coming, but... <laughs> Pretty obvious it's going to happen, edition. Yep. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> this week brought to you by Level 4. Stay at home and obviously stock up on alcohol, it seems, from what I've seen on FaceTube. Yep. <laughs> Don't worry about feeding your kids. No. Get drunk and beat your missus. Anyway, enough about New Zealand's domestic violence problems. Anyway, uh, yes, anyway. up and up until yesterday when we got locked down, Mark, how have you been? Yeah, not bad, Graham. Good, good. Um, time of year, busy daily routine is checking on stock and cattle. So that should be every day for a farmer. No, but I mean, the routine gets more routine. Oh, you you actually have to turn up. You can't just leave them for a week. I can't just fly the drone over the top and generally have a look from a high altitude (laughs) anyway the disclaimer for this week is that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not reflect the official policy or position of the people speaking on the podcast and could be changed at any time so i thought we'd put a disclaimer in okay due to our varying opinions on certain pieces of equipment yeah you know we never said we'll never use this and never use that and eventually it becomes standard equipment so I think tripods, yeah. tripods fell into that category. Yes, that is true. That is true. Anyway, we have a general discussion on what's been happening, and uh, our main topic this week won't be beer cartridges or belted versus unbelted magnums. Um, it's accessories outside of your rifle, scope, bipod, um, suppressor, sort of stuff that we use for precision shooting. So what sort of items people carry or not carry, um, what you use, what you find the most valuable, what's um, flavour of the month and no longer really why the hell are you carrying it sort of thing. So mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> so anyway, Graham, uh, what have you been up to? We've had, I think we're a couple of weeks since we talked. So. Yeah, we're about a month, we're a month late or so on this podcast, but um, uh, various reasons. Uh, it's winter. Work, work, and winter, and then I, I've been rather ill for a bit. And uh, well, I say that. Lockdown, I'll, I'll been lockdown, COVID. Well, that's probably making it easier to do things, to be honest. Um, yes, but anyway, uh, what have we been up to? Um, well, this lockdown may or may not cancel a competition I'm going to in the South Island in about a week and a half. So we'll uh, play that by ear. But I don't hold a lot of hope. But <laughs> I've been doing, I've been doing a lot of practice in the lead up to that. Um, just you know shooting positional um uh using um just the reticle rather than dialing stuff because i've had a bit of trouble with that in the past doing a bunch of transitions between targets uh angle changes uh you know fast dialing just i I sort of highlighted a list of um uh, deficiencies and working on those to try and uh um, smooth my operation up a bit um uh, with the intent of heading down to the remarkables PRS match um, sponsored by Night Force, but um, again, whether we get there, that's a, that's a whole other question. And so that's yeah. sort of been my main concentration has been. Um, I'd go with no. You won't be getting there. I would go with no as, as well. A, as a <clears throat> as a bit, unless unless 
it's sort of you know lower north island south is fine i don't know but i doubt it mm. yeah. Well, yeah i mean equal yeah. opportunity penalizers of lockdown so probably keep us all locked in <laughs> yep no no doubt the uh the, the power that be will uh they're very competent so they'll sort it out i don't <laughs> doubt Anyway, anyway, enough about enough about fucking COVID bullshit and yeah. lockdowns. So last, um, last weekend, uh, you popped out, did a bit more practice, didn't you as well? Yeah, we did a bit of practice and uh, mucked around at twelve hundred and some yeah, which is and some really um, interesting wind. Uh, it, it really kicked our ass, to be completely honest. The wind that day, didn't it? Um, we got there. Um, yeah, but there. Yeah, so doing that, and then I've also um, I got it sorted for you though. Did you? Well, I did. You and you and Darren were battling away on his gun, and I got up there and sorted out. So that's where you need to shoot. You uh, mean when I when I spotted your miss? <laughs> oh yeah. So you say it was a team effort? <laughs> yeah, it was a team effort. It's convenient now. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we we discussed it on the day, and and for those of you who've um come out to some of our events out at Mark's um uh, precision rifle facility in RTD, um team the team yeah, the um. The, the position we're shooting at is where we had the 1,000-meter shoot-off for um, this, this year's uh, long-range challenge. And it's a tricky backstop. It's um, it's it's a, a shelf yeah. uh, that happens to be there where we put the target, and it, it just eats up rounds. It's certainly quite hard to spot impacts. Because the rounds basically yeah, so that'll, drop that, onto the shelf, we think. Yeah, and, and it can just be a nightmare. Like A lot of the time, we'll shoot at the one-mile position uh, obviously from a bit closer and um that just man you can see anything yeah you, uh, two to three everything it just stands out like dog's balls but uh, obviously with stock movements and stuff we're shooting at the other position and um yeah you've even th- three through eight can disappear um w- without too much hassle but yeah so you've actually i guess the idea would be just to not miss and hit the target pretty much your life a lot easier um but anyway, so we did that. That was good fun. Um, we had a few of us out there playing around 308s, 6.5 Creed, 6 mils, 2-3s, 3.38s, etc. Um, and other than that, yeah, it's... Uh, um, well, I have, I have been working. Now I'm off work again due to COVID, which is lovely. But what about you, Mark? What shooting have you been doing, excluding the stuff you and I have done? Uh, no, mainly just doing a um, bit of goat culling as I go around checking stock and shifting stuff around so yeah uh really enjoying the 2d3 so for that the christian Arms one still so <clears throat> seems to have got more accurate on some of the ammo though i've been using the cheap ammo for short range shots but just doing some mucking around the other day i think the barrels maybe settled down a bit i don't know anyway it's a carbon fiber barrel so as we've talked about before um, but other than that, no, I love the scope, which is the Athlon Ares BTR Gen 2. Yep, that's their sort of second, yeah. not top of the range, but second just under. Tier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, under the Cronus. Yep. yep. Good scope. Mil mil. So it's still, no, it's good. Suited match well to the rifle. So to four and a half. Yes, it does, actually. So. That whole setup with the suppressor, it's, um, it's yes, good. I like it. Yeah. And I finally put a sling on it so I can take it for a walk. You mean sling it over your back while you drive the quad? <laughs> Pretty much. <clears throat> um, other than that, I've just been getting stuff ready for the 22 match later on. So yep. 
which involves um, having a Vortex Strike Eagle 5 to 25 arrive. So I'm going to mount that on my semi auto 22. Um, but only for competitions. So I've got a uni mount, basically a 35mm tube. Uh, 34, it's 34 more tube, isn't it? Yeah, so 34 mm -hmm. more uni mount scope mounts, so I can basically just plonk it on and off a bit quicker and the, you know, check the zero type thing. It should hold zero when you wedge it back on there, I'm assuming. So it seems to with other ones I've got. So, like my night vision scope always seems to line back up again when I put it back on. And it's a uni mount, you know, the rings and everything. So, mm -hmm. yeah, but, uh, <coughs> Well, I was actually waiting for a Strike Eagle for a few years, as you know. <laughs> yeah, same. So I just let turned up. So I just bought one anyway, because they're actually quite good value now, even yeah. compared to some of the other ones that are out. So, no, so cause we, we were meant to get the first Strike Eagles in the country and do exclusive content on on the uh, on Facebook and stuff. But anyway, obviously that never happened. No, that's um, old news. Yeah, no one cares. So the the question from that I had, and I, I haven't actually asked you privately because yeah. obviously we talk outside the podcast. Do we? Um, why didn't you get a Venom? Because uh, I've read some stuff on them and looked at a few reviews, and they're not that rated. On the you reckon? Because I was under the impression they were just the same scope without the illumination. No, they're not. I don't think so. I could be wrong. I've been wrong many times. But you have. You uh, bought a Benelli Lupo. I understand the, the glass clarity is not as good. Okay. That could be anecdotal. Yeah, so. yeah I'd say it is because most scopes I look through look the same. But anyway. Um, yeah. And you went with the, also another interesting one, you went with the, the Vortex over the Element Titan. Yeah. Because I know you're a fan of the Element Titan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am still. Yeah. And you're just, you're just going to get one for another gun. Probably. Yeah. No, that's fair. Uh, I, d I, like, I like the EBR7C reticle a lot. Mm. Yeah. And the, the, yeah, fair. And the <clears throat> the Venom has it, and the Strike Eagle has it. I'm assuming other what few others have it. Yeah, it's actually yeah, it's a Christmas tree one. It's got pretty small sub tensions and stuff. So yeah, it's good. No fear. And it's illuminated, which I don't know. I thought if I leave it on the 22 and I use it for possum shooting, I don't know if I would, because my plan is I'll just swap it back off again for the um. Artabal 1 to 10 scope that was on it. Yep. Yeah. Because it's a big scope and I don't really want to. I don't know. I just don't think I want to leave it on there all the time. So I don't know. <coughs> buy, another I was 20, actually buy another 22, he says. Okay. Well, yeah, well, I was, I've been in this sort of um, thought process of getting another 22. A set, well, I want, actually, I want a couple 22s, but like currently I've got an, I've got a Tekka, um, Tekka 1, I've got the Lithgow LA 101 crossover. And I've got on um, sort of long-term uh, test from thingers, the Hauer and the chassis, but yeah. the Hauer 1100. But, uh, yeah, I sort of, a semi, I think, would be quite a cool addition. Um, whether I, I've, I was actually thinking a, a Chris, um, like yours, is it DMK? What's the model? Yeah, Sorry? yeah um, that's it. Uh, yeah. And then, or, or one of the Bagara, um, uh, I'm not sure of the model designation, but it's essentially a 1022 that's just a lot flasher. Um but I, I, what I was thinking was a Chris, like yours, yeah. I'm um, just in black or something, and then with the um, the Athlon Helix scope, they now do that in first focal plane, mill first focal plane. So they're only about nine hundred bucks or something the yeah. scope. So 
uh, retail. So that could be quite a, a cool little semi-automatic. And it's, uh, yeah, a 4 to 16. Yeah. So, they, you know, a usable sort of um, yeah magnification range. They do the <coughs> CZ512 Tactical in 22LR ground. Is that, that hor- one of those horrible things you were telling me about earlier? Yes, yes. If I'm buying a CZ, it's a 457. Okay. I've got a 452 here and 17 HMR. That never, ever gets used. I actually, I put... I put a, um, I bought a 30mm MOA rail and put a, Vort- oh, what did I put on it, Vortex Diamondback scope or something, and um, I was shooting at 500 metres uh, in calm conditions, yep. but um, other than that, I've had no real use to use it. Um, if I'm shooting magpies or hares, it's 223 or whatever, so. Okay, anyway, yeah. back to, so in my process of, planning to put this vortex strike eagle on the chris i thought well actually i might get a, a red dot and so i ordered a hollow sun 510c which is a mm-hmm. um what is it <coughs> canopy red dot you know the, not a tube but the yep yeah <coughs> trying to say what are they what, what are they an open reflex site that's it anyway so i've just put that on and I thought oh, I'll drag out I've actually got a 10.22 takedown that I have floating around the back of the safe somewhere so I dug that out which has got a, a Magpul backpacker stock on it which makes them even more compact and it had a, um, a red field red dot with a laser underneath it one unit sick that sounds awesome it sounds awesome but it's a <laughs> sort of makes it's a gigantic well not it's just very tall on top of the gun and sort of makes the takedown rifle pointless yep so your open <clears throat> open red dots are fine are, are probably a better solution anyway I've heard a good lot of good stuff about Hollow Sun um, for their price they're pre- considered pretty good so and I've been testing it out today sighted in and pretty impressed it's a good bit of kit pretty simple and intuitive to use controls and everything quick detach straight onto the rail off again so yeah so i was thinking that was going to go on the the chris's sort of the you know for everyday use instead of the um vortex scope you could get a little uh, 45 degree side mount and put it on with the <laughs> vortex um i could strike eagle. i could indeed and then and then you can have your big laser that you have on it too but then i can't get a 3x magnifier that flips up and flips down again you can. You can just put that in front of the oh, s- s- um, six to twenty-four scope. Because <laughs> <laughs> then, be three times then you, well, you could you three times twenty-four. Yeah. Yeah. You know, seventy-two power. <laughs> Excellent. I'll be out at four hundred meters before you know it. <laughs> so no, that's been my anyway. So in the end, I think I'll leave the Hollow Sun on the ten twenty-two for everyday pest control, possum shooting. Yep. So yeah, it goes for a while. Um, but no, that's sort of pretty much been it. Uh, cha- anything else being changed around? No, not really. Um, I was looking at a 22 Magnum, but then I've sort of gone off that slightly. So. Well, just from us talking. <laughs> no, no, no. 
I've got to sell one to get one. Yeah. Let's see how I go. Yeah, it's fair. No, as I said, I'm trying to find a solution to a problem I don't really have. So, <clears throat> But it's fun trying to... Yeah, well, you've out. got a 17 Wisdom also, don't you? So, that you never use. Yeah, 17 HR, yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm. Yes, so I've got a couple 17 HMRs I never use also. They're just... Just yeah, one of those calibers. I actually need to put a better scope on that now because I actually. I yeah, you get you, you mark as the king of buying um, gimmicky shit. <laughs> well, but I suppose <laughs> it was because I bought some uh, a Bushnell seventeen Wisdom BDC scope, so it's specific to that cartridge caliber, which there's a few of them around. Different manufacturers have done it. So it's got the holdovers for that 20 grain, 3,000 per second round in the scope. But other than that, it's a piece of crap. So, yeah. <clears throat> Whereas I'd rather, I'd be better off with, you know, just something that can dial and this doesn't. So. Yeah. Now, I guess there are sort of those types of optics that are really intended for people with no prior knowledge of ballistics or, um, That's me. or no interest in learning ballistics. Yeah. So I guess, uh, yeah, I can... Hey, I used to run a two two three BDC on my two two three because it was easy. It lined up and yeah, it worked. But then you sort of learn a few things, and it's not really a big big deal. Um, yeah, I've got a three hundred blackout one, but it, it's fine as well. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I've had a what have I had coming? I should have mentioned earlier. Yeah. Oh, uh, the Delta from uh, the Delta Javelin, uh, four point five to thirty by fifty six. So that's their um. Uh, sort of um, next tier down from the Delta Striker. It does sound like um, it, doesn't it? You know, you go yep. from Striker to Javelin. It sounds like a 1970s car brand. Anyway. I think they've got another one called the Titania, maybe, well, as sounds, well. That sounds better than the Striker. Which I think might have like a sort of, maybe a hunting dial. For, maybe I could be wrong, but that you set this predetermined... Uh, sort of like what the um, Meopter and the Swarovskis do. You can uh, set a, a one, two. I could, I might even, I might be talking about my ass there. Um, uh, but yeah, so there's another model there. Anyway, so the Javelin, um, names aside and jokes, is one tear down, I suppose? Yeah, yeah. So like the, the sort of the. Is it 30 mm tube? No, 34. So the, the so, Striker, okay. Strikers are their top tier, and this is the yeah. next one down. So I guess main competition would be like your Vortex PSTs. Um, uh the gotcha. um the element titan etc etc um yeah so it's in, in that tier that two thousand dollar sort of um tier scope uh, you some you, you know your athlon uh aries or whatever you're talking about earlier so that's that's the kind of price range different um turrets to the um striker y- yes different significantly different turrets not in a bad way just different it's, it's essentially a whole different scope it's longer it's not as compact hmm. Um, I can't tell you about glass quality. I haven't had it on a gun, and plus my eyes aren't the best. Um, yeah, the but yeah, I'm it's it, I am blind. Um, but just um, well, I get to a certain point in glass, and I can't see much difference um, personally. But um, yeah, but I'll get that mounted up now. That I've got plenty of spare time, um, and I'll start doing a bit of work with that. It'd be pretty cool. And I've had uh, there's some nice um, sort of bags have come in for you and I. Uh, that we'll talk about later. I still haven't delivered. I got a Dylan 550 press coming um, for our sort of Mark and I are going to start sort of mass producing 6.5 Creed on a, a semi-progressive 
manner. Um, so for people who have no idea, so your horny lock and load press, right, is mm. what I would know. So a Dylan, what do you say, five? 550C, yeah. So what, what's the difference between that and a... So this is a four-station press. Now, this isn't an auto-indexing model. You you manually index, uh, turn it between each station, but... Um, Could you dumb that down a bit? <clears throat> so you've got a... You put a cartridge in, you pull the handle down, yeah, and it will it'll um, size and deprime, and then it will prime also on that stroke, and then you rotate it, and you put another cartridge in, obviously, to the first station. And in its second station, it will charge the case with a, um, a powder charge yeah. and then third station it will seek the bullet and um, and fourth station because I only run three it'll fall out into a collection tray Shut so so, so all I'll be doing is I'll be inserting a case and inserting a projectile inserting a case inserting a projectile pulling, <clears throat> pulling the handle each time and that'll um, the idea being that we can essentially replicate American Gunner albeit with a different projectile um, so that's the same thing bulk 6.5 Creed, that is good enough for field shooting. Yeah. And we're not going after bench rest ammo. We're going after minute of angle, five shots, you know, 25 feet per second of extreme spread. Yeah. Um, and, you know, let's probably aiming for about 2,800 feet per second velocity. We'll go to the 130. Um, yeah, and that's the idea. So the idea is we buy in projectiles and powder in bulk, um, you know, pre-plan a bit and... Um, Try and avoid some of the issues we've had in the past. Uh, we'll see how it goes, but we we sort of in, you know I've invested a bit in the equipment and done a few trades and got a few things. So, so that's one of the things that's happening here in the in the workshop. And uh, yeah, a few more things to get still, but we'll get in there. Yeah. So what are you what are you mainly missing? Uh, uh, I need. I mean, there's the reality. Not a lot, really. Your wish list, and then. <laughs> What's uh, main thing. Main thing I need now is a new new way of cleaning my brass, my tumbler, uh, my second tumbler. Uh, but the dust, so it was getting progressively noisier over the last what few was months. That? I haunted a like a media tumbler. Yeah, they run the corn cob. I've got one. Just bought, do you? Yeah. I might rob your one. But what I want to ultimately get is a. Um... I've got an ultrasonic one too. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I want to get one of the stainless steel media tumblers, the wet wet ones. Oh, yeah. They're about 500 bucks, but they clean the primer pockets really well. So, if, yeah. depending on how I do the cleaning, they just, they, they, to be honest, people, a lot of people get upset about clean brass. I like clean brass. It's, it's quite nice to have. And, um, my ultrasonic one does. Yeah. So, the other, yeah, ultrasonics will clean out the primer pockets quite well. They too. do, yeah. yeah. Um, although, to be honest, with the whole bulk ammo, I'm trying to reduce steps as well. Like, um, That's true. don't so, even clean it so at we'll, all. Well, a lot of people don't, but then you're also your necks are dirty, and yeah, and so you know, get dirty dyes and stuff. But, um, but yeah, so that's I guess what's coming. Probably a few other things I've forgotten about, but um, I've got to you know managed to pick up a few projectiles in the recent um, order. Not too many. I didn't get too greedy, but um, and yeah, I'm so to be honest. What's your update on stock statuses of the great shortage? Uh, oh, it's still pretty. Uh, the six fives and the sixes is similar to what it's been. The six fives has been like this for a year and a half. The sixes has been like this for Ape, most of the Ape year. Stuff's come in, hasn't it? But it's all gone. yes, but it's all gone. gone again. But now what's happening is your your seven mils and your three oh eights, they're all starting to catch up with struggling for stock. Yeah. Um, a lot of your hunting projectiles still available, um, 
but but powder and and all of that's just it's, it's hard. A lot of guys are these guys who are price gouging, who are ripping off fellow Kiwis. Um, but then there's a lot of guys who are just trading, like um, minor Mark Trent Carl the other day. He's old guy was selling a bunch of powder. He'd, so Carl picked me up a tub of two two oh nine, a tub of two two oh eight sealed um, half kilo tubs for eighty bucks each, and he just messaged me, boom boom, I knew you were after this. Here you go, eighty bucks a piece. You know, he could have chucked those on trade me and sold them for over two hundred dollars a piece. But you know, looking after his mates and um, being a good bugger. Um, so yeah, um, and then for projectiles, I had a back order. Oh, I sort of was hoping to get 500 or 1,000 six mil projectiles, but nothing's come in the last two orders for Hornaday. So I'm actually going to look at moving to Sierra for my six mils. Um, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, it's just if I can't if I can't reliably get them, I'm going to have to look at something else. Yeah, not that they're easy to get either. No. Yeah, other than, that, other than that, I'm 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 like I'm keeping everything going. Like I'm, I've bludged. I've probably managed to bludge about six hundred six mil projectiles in the last sort of five months. So, um, you know, you shoot a comp and it's a hundred gone. It's, it's not. It's not just like general hunting. It's so. What I've actually been doing is yeah, using the two two three a lot uh, as a substitute, um, just to sort of get that practice and repetition in. But anyway, so the world still sucks when it comes to getting powder or projectiles and primers, but um, that's the world we live in at the moment. Uh, from what I understand, the main issue is obviously huge geopolitical issues and stuff in the States, but um, and then obviously a massive amount of new gun owners there, so that's drawing a lot of resources, but now the back orders are that big, um, they just can't get enough copper and lead to... Um, make the brass, you know, because well, brass is just copper was thinking it, um, to make the projectile um, jackets and all all that. So this it's just raw materials is the issue now. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But anyway, should we get on to the main? Yeah, they always come up with some main, some other reason. Should yeah, someone to blame, the Taliban. Oh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, we get our lead from Afghanistan. No, so yeah, so tonight's main topic, excluding ramblings, because there'll be plenty of that, uh, is yeah, shooting sort of precision shooting accessories. Um, not saying you have to own them, you need them, but things that we find handy. And I'm so we're not talking about the rifle, we're not talking about scope, bipod. We're talking about you know bags and um, other shit, sort of just to streamline your your game or or your hunt. So. Um, I guess I'll kick it off. Uh, the, the one main, the, sort of my, the handiest thing, in my opinion, is going to be a sling, a good sling. Um, a lot of people think of slings now purely as a way to carry a rifle, um, and we've sort of drifted away from them. Slings in a traditional sense, were which which were an aid for marksmanship, especially in the in the pre bipod days. Um, so getting a getting a good sling um, and maybe learning how to use it sort of above and beyond just your basic hasty sling, which is wrapping your around your forearm, uh, which is still a handy and valid uh, technique for a quick uh, snapshot. But uh, um, you're getting a good sling, say, you know, Blue Force Gear or Tab or uh, Rifles Only Sling. And also um, Sabre Tactical here in New Zealand are making a sling. I've got one in to play with. Um, still haven't spent too much time on it. But definitely get a sling 
and even if it is just for carrying your rifle be it you know, if you're at a match or if you're out in the field it's um like mark mentioned earlier he's put one of those two to three uh, it can make your life a lot easier in many ways and also in uh, the gpre and tlrs events we're starting to sprinkle in a little bit of um unsupported um prone and stuff like that where a sling is a huge aid if you know how to use it um not that i i'm still very much a student when it comes to sling use if you're a Um, student then i've never used one for supported shooting yeah that's why i've started beating you in competitions again (laughs) whatever um (laughs) whatever no 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 i've only really i've only really um since the last gpre tokoro match i've I've, um really taken an interest in um adding it as a skill yeah i think it's like trying to learn to use a sword and ride a horse this has gone the way of the dodo (laughs) complete waste of time graham (laughs) sling supported it's just god you think you'd think i was the boomer and you were the millennial wouldn't you it's a big yawn it's just like the yep. horse is here to stay and the car is a bit of novelty. But what if what if you can't use your bipod in that stage? Well, then I'll... <clears throat> just miss. Just, just boycott the stage. <laughs> just get a zero, save the ammo. Yeah. So that's right. I'll save it up for the next stage. Yeah. No, I'll just be... I <clears throat> obviously use things all the time for carrying my rifle, and but I really have not done a lot. And I've seen some being done and I can see why it's done but i just haven't even bothered practicing doing it so that's another thing yeah i think i've got plenty of other stuff to work on before i get into that yes mark's the best very good bad shooter as we mentioned in the last podcast tucker he's tarada current tarada champ so i can't make too much fun of him um no the sling thing again i've ignored it for years i won't say ignored i've been um ignorant to it yeah, but you said it was yeah. the single best thing you'd have as an accessory. So I'm saying probably not. Well, that's fair. I mean, you could put a, a, a rear bag a ba- above it in bag, some ways. I'd say a bag would be, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. But um, it, de- it, it depends on your your. your it's going to help you in a use. few stages, yes. But yeah, but not most of them. No, that that's a fair that's a fair point. Well, that moves us on to bags anyway, since you've you've okay. uh, completely humiliated me about slings. Uh, <laughs> um, so with bags, so obviously in in our events, um, if you're in hunter or practical, we have a restriction on rear bags. So you're allowed one small rear bag with no sort of gaming type features. So uh, no sort of C-shaped bags that can uh, be sort of hung over an obstacle. So it's sort of a square or a flat type bag only around. 150 millimeter square. Is it around the um, size of a large grapefruit. Large grapefruit. Um, but no one knows quite... what they are anymore because no one eats them. Yeah, they are yuck. Hey, God, no, that's one grapefruit. thing that could go extinct. Um, don't you have to put like a ton of sugar in them to eat grapefruit? We used to do that. Is that we used to yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. And if you're on some drugs, it'll kill you. So anyway, great stuff. Yeah, and if you're on yeah birth, con- it wrecks birth control. I'm pretty sure too. <laughs> so avoid them at all cost. Um, or you could use it as a shooting aid. Um, Okay. So a yeah, lot, a lot of shoots are pretty much open class. So yes, so all your South Island stuff, yeah. essentially not GPR or TLRS. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. bring whatever you want. So that's where your sort of game changer bags, uh, like your, your fortune cookies, if you're running wee bad or so they're, they're game the, changers. C shaped bag basically type setup. Yep. Yeah. So what they do is you just flop them over your whatever prop, yeah. and they 
create a flat surface, um, kind of uh, negating the obstacle a bit. Yeah. Um, some are better than others. Some of like the um, the Armageddon ones and such, they have a, kind of like a snakeskin material on the underside, and I don't know how to describe it, but that really grips onto uh, whatever you're shooting over. So if, if it's a uh, diagonal type barricade, uh, so I've got one of the wee bad examples that'll try and slide down as you're shooting. But the um, uh, the the game changer bags that brand um, they actually grip on a lot better um, with some fancy material. Yeah, I have noticed that in comps that certain bag types really just don't handle smooth yeah surfaces. On yeah, the, like wood, bar- like wood bar- or steel. Barricades, yep. Yeah, they just mm-hmm. like see you later. Nozzles not use it. Yeah, um, so you and you then you end up having to try grip it with your hand, and you end up just distracting yourself a bit. Um, so that's that's one thing to consider. So I've got the wee bad, but I would I'm probably going to get one of the examples from Saber Tactical because I believe they have a grippy surface. Um, so yeah, uh, if you while we're still talking about bags, check out the guys at Saber Tactical. They make New Zealand made stuff. Um, so you know, more important than ever with all the covid bullshit you support new zealand local made veteran company and they also support our events so um there's a sales pitch but look at look at what they do um you might pay an extra 10 20 but it's made here in new zealand buy new zealand made scopes too yeah buy new zealand made scopes uh td optical Um, <laughs> haven't you seen that NX10 I developed <laughs> you've got NX10 <laughs> that's two, two better <clears throat> yep yep um, anyway um, and then some, there's a couple other sort of bags you, you, you then run into your your gamer type bags so it looks like the big tactical udders they call them and um, what like me and Mark have just got her a couple um, bags that have an arca clamp on them so they clip under our four ends of our gun so if you're shooting um, off a bunch of barricades you can essentially just clip these things under and it's um, one less thing to worry about. Again, so, so not... what that is is an, is an Arca rail connector or adapter. Yep. Yeah. And it's got a bag hooked up underneath it. Yep, strapped to it permanently. That's awesome. Yeah. And you can even get them with game changers strapped to them too. So there's... um, So, so yeah, and there's... Uh, so if you're shooting one of our events in open class, you can run these uh, sort of... Um, accessories or like any of the other events around Matched the country we have kittens. just 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 simon <laughs> um and oh man like I, yeah I, I try and avoid too much um of the equipment the gamer equipment but i used one down at the uh, boundary creek match yeah back in may so going back, and it was quite handy going back mm. one so these mm. real big bags mm-hmm. um what what What's the most common use for them? Is it like an underarm support? Often? Oh, so that's pillows, yeah. So, um, yeah, so guys will use it to fill in voids um, in kneeling positions or seated, you know, chuck it under your, your chicken wing on your elbow, um, yeah. stuff like that. So uh, there was a big um, trend overseas. You know, we always, obviously, we, we're the last to follow trends here at the bottom of the world, but uh, we're in States and, and Australia and that to have, like, people were carrying around half a dozen 12 bags i know i've seen some stuff it looks like a beanbag factory explodes when they start the stage because they start shedding bags and dropping them and running from thing to thing you know with just this innumerable number of bags 
Yeah. And like to be honest, I, I if I go to an open match, I usually take probably three bags. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll have my pillow, a game changer, and then a small um like a small cube, like my, my sort of traditional practical bag. Um Yeah, so I'm I'm not gonna say I'm not guilty of it, but certainly not to the extent of some. But um I get a lot of it can be negated with good fundamentals as um some of the some of the bags. Um <sighs> Yeah, and that's probably it. Yeah, you brought up the pillows. Um, I suppose you got to, it's like anything, like I was unfortunately talking about slings. Um, if you don't practice with it, it's only going to be a hindrance. So Yes, and, and the unfortunate thing for a lot of guys is their practice is the comps, but when it comes to bags, um, you know, set it up in your lounge, grab a kitchen chair, practice getting into different positions especially now during lockdown right if now if you're in town close your bloody blinds otherwise you're gonna have the the AOS turning up and face masks to tee off so but like um i mean when we were in when we were in omaru um for the boundary creek match we closed the curtains and we were, we had tripod sessions and uh a bunch of work you know in positional with simon it was excellent but we you know we made an effort to close, close the blinds so we didn't have the police turning up just not that it's illegal it's just it can create a stir with the neighbors so um you practice deploying your bags or um using a a, a pump pillow or something similar um before you get to a competition is, is definitely a good a good way of uh, doing it and then dry fire too while, while you're uh practicing using that bag you know put a, a taper target to the wall on the other end of your, your, your lounge and um actually try and break, break clean shots um, obviously with a rifle that is proven safe. I mean, I shouldn't even have to say that, but um, don't, don't send rounds one. through your kitchen or some Brand's shit. Number so. one lockdown tip of the day, dry firing. Yeah, because yeah, I do not really much of it. Neither. But I should do more. I should do more. Um, Practice what you but, preach. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, so bags, there's, there's a shitload of bags. Don't overthink it. A small practical type bag. Uh, now, one thing I'd recommend is not to use the soft bags for rear support. Um, I probably I do it occasionally with my pump pillow if I've got nothing around. But you want a bag, a heavier bag for your um, <clears throat> your rear support. You know, if, uh, controlling that rear of the rifle is so much more important than people realise. You you watch a lot of shooters and they'll miss high, but you'll watch as they let a shot go, the the rifle butt is, is slipping down into their armpit. Uh, I've been guilty of this myself. What about a retractable um, monopod? No, they can no. And I know there's one of a, <laughs> a company a that we no. I know. I know there's a company that we deal with and we're friends of are, are pushing them hard at the moment. But in my opinion, now that one's hydraulically dampened. They're selling it. Might work. I don't know. But the general consensus of them is they hop rather than absorbing recoils. So uh, it's a really good accessory for people over 50 that's why lead sleds destroy things yeah you gotta yeah you yeah anyway so in my opinion avoid the monopods um a good bag like an, and a heavier bag for your rear bag too not a lightweight one if and now if you're mountain hunting yes take a light bag and and you can compromise like you have with your rifle already um but as a precision match or a field match, it's not going to hurt you carrying a little bit extra weight around in your rear bag. No. Um, yeah, and and also if you can avoid using like um, game changer bags as your rear bag, um, they don't because they their shape of being in a C or whatever to clamp around something. 
layover something i should say they can move differently so try and not mix them if, if you've got the different bags and again if it's all you got make use of it but um i, I think a dedicated rear bag is a good idea yeah any thoughts mark no i've being that you have not nearly enough good rear bags i really haven't used them a lot <clears throat> until okay. recent times so yeah uh i just said having a bag is a bonus for me <laughs> <laughs> and i'm assuming yeah a c-shaped bag would be if you're gonna carry one but you're not really allowed them if it's practical yeah but we also shoot other matches too don't we so yeah, yeah, true. we shouldn't so I, th- I think you've got to kind of have the gear yeah for the different events yeah, um, yeah, yeah. maybe we should order a couple more from saber tactical because I want some more stuff from them anyway. Yeah, I'm happy with what I've got at the moment. So, the one I gave you—that sucks. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I've got to give myself some disadvantage. <laughs> I thought yeah, that was shooting the six-five Creedmoor was a disadvantage. I, I know, I know. Yeah, I was saying yeah. to you earlier. Listen to the Vortex Nation. A couple of guys there that podcast—they did a PRS shoot for the first time, and they said, "Oh, we turned up with six-five Creedmoors and." Anyone would have thought we arrived from the Stone Ages at this shoot because they, they were like, "What? You're shooting them as if they're like old hat nowadays," which sounds like they are if you're seriously into it over there. So, everyone's six mil. Yeah, so, it's, I guess. It's, yeah, maybe that can be a topic for another day. I don't know. I was just segueing. No, no, no. Yeah, off, no, 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 off track <laughs> completely. Um, I was sick of talking about. Bags. Okay, so so I'm going to order Mark some new bags because. I, I literally I end up half of my friends I haven't used God all of bags. you guys I end up su- I supply well I left it at my house I, I supply rear bags to bloody everyone I just give them all the shit I don't want anymore right. you Carl Hayden um, uh, I gave Darren a bag the other day um, right down to my my favourite accessory is what is your favourite accessory shooting stick should we combine that with tripod uh, I, I don't feel they're the same because my trigger stick type thing, which comes in mono, buy or tripod configuration, I've always used the yep. tripod one. It's just so handy. And okay, so for people who don't understand tri- basic trigger stick language, yep. mono is um, triple. Correct? Singular. No, sorry, single. <laughs> yeah, no. And then buy means two. And the reason I bring up buy meaning two, not for any silly reasons, is because I listen to so many people talk about bipods. Yeah. And they'll refer to it as plural. Like I've got to deploy my bipods rather than deploy my bipod. So bipods means two bipods. Bipod means one bipod because it's a set. I've never Just in case people... I (laughs) I know. I don't know. I don't even know why I'm bringing it up, but people are being ridiculous. But anyway, those trigger sticks are excellent accessories. More so on the hunting side. But they definitely have a place, I think, in field shooting, where, uh, especially for us uh, in GPRE and TLRS, <clears throat> TLRS events, um, we have a lot of time limits, right? A strict strict time limits, and your gear must be stowed or, or as stowed. So tripods have to be um, um, the legs um, folded away and, and etc., um, whereas a lot of the, the other competitions, they let you start with it deployed and rati rati ra. So the trigger sticks uh, actually game that a lot. Now, they're not as sturdy as a big 40 millimeter carbon fiber tripod, 
but you can deploy it to a better position in less time. Yeah, that's why I uh, think so, for, for certain stages and certain conditions, I think there are there are an excellent compromise, right? Hundred percent. It gives you, it gives you a lot of stability, and I shoot off a lot, so I'm quite practical. But you get the right height. You get the key is you get the height, a comfortable height, straight away. So, yeah. I mean, if you've got time to, to deploy a whole, you know, uh, like a Section 22 tripod, you know, and every all that sort of jazz, you know, that's going to be imminently more stable. But if, it's, if the range is um, whatever, you know, not that, you know, not great, and it requires time, speed and time, you know, it, it's basically selecting to use a trigger stick, I think, is worthwhile and I was one of the guys at the 22 shoe went to last time borrowed mine because he was in open class yeah with no tripod yeah yeah, yeah. and used that instead and it was pretty you know because what what I'll see with with again with our so the guy shooting open class and in, in, in the sort of North Island events they will compromise with a really shitty tripod position because the time so what what will happen is will so simon does most he does 80 percent of our stage design and he obviously does all of his own visit competitions for gpre he will handicap the time so yes that stage would be easy with a tripod but can you deploy it in time to take all your shots so what guys will do is with the tripod in its shortest form they'll just deploy the legs you know out into a, into a standing position but they won't increase the height of the legs and they'll go to like a, they'll bend over at the waist or some shit, yeah. you know? So if it's a standing shot, they're bending right over and it's uncomfortable and the yeah. tripod's not particularly stable because it's such a small um, uh, footprint. But with that trigger stick, it's um, like, it's it's a, it's a, essentially, it's gaming the, the game, but you, you do lose the stability, but you gain so much more stability over not having the trigger stick itself yeah um if that makes sense so it's a plus and a minus but uh like you say it's um it's situation dependent and if you've got fuck all time uh the other way to go that's for sure albeit they're not they're not exactly cheap though are they? they're still about 500 dollars. but um yeah or you just get a friend with a set like like me and borrow yours yeah that's true because actually what my plan is is at tarata is to borrow them off you and have both my big tripod and then I'll get West to carry that, who's my shooting partner for the event. And then I'll carry your sticks. And then depending on the stage, we'll um, deploy what we need. Ah. As, as I think. Um, Simon will listen to this and he'll, he'll just say one tripod only. <laughs> Banned from doing it. But that's that. But um, but yeah, so no, and, and then so after, obviously we've, the trigger sticks are a good option. And they also cross over really well into pest control, um, especially uh, summer hunting feral goats and sort of long grass yeah um i mean we hunt uh, the back gully at your place and the grass is that long and there's brush everywhere there's not a lot of opportunities for prone and sort of steep downhill shots as well so um yep. those those sticks are invaluable um right. for that that sort of <clears throat> moving on to some and, minor minor well we should touch on carbon tripods yeah we will we will one day so so right now <laughs> Yeah, might as well. So the, yeah. the, the, the bigger tripods are more com- conventional for um, precision shooting events. Again, you can use them for hunting if you want to. They're pretty lightweight, but they're just big and bulky. But just slow to deploy, but very stable, and they can handle a lot of weight if you're buying proper um, sort of load-rated load gear. Um, 
but just slow. But again, you can set these things up, um, and if you sort of know how to shoot, you can shoot five, six, seven, eight hundred meters. You and I were doing a thousand not long ago with, I'm not going to say relative ease, but it was um, not particularly hard. So some matches down south, more so down south, require tripods, but they also generally have um, backups available for you if you don't have one. Um, and, and then that you, the only trouble with that is ideally then you have, say, an ARCA system. So to attach to your gun, either an ARCA rail bolted on or inbuilt to your chassis, um, or you just stick a bag on top and, and lay the gun on it. Yeah, I've got one that came with an Arca, Arca rail inbuilt and one I've added an Arca rail to now, so I've just got to get a bit of practice in yeah. using it. So, no, yep. I think uh, after shooting a K with a carbon fiber tripod, they're pretty impressive, St- stability-wise and everything. Well, I mean, that, that rifle of yours must be, what, 35 pound, 30 plus pound? Mm, the 338? don't know. It'd be pretty heavy it's though, and it? it's, yes, it's a big gun, big big scope, big bipod, everything, and shooting it off that tripod was not particularly hard, no. albeit in like no time constraints, yeah, easy yeah. Yeah, sort yeah. of shit. So, um, yeah, it handles it. Yeah, the, yeah, but tripods, um, uh, we've sort of and resisted them they, they, for years, but they are becoming commonplace, even in military. Like we got friends in the defence force, uh, sniper guys, they use them a heap for for work stuff now. So. Um, yeah, they're here to stay, and they're obviously an exceptional spotting scope platform. So they do double yeah. duty, no problem. So, so they're valuable to have. Yep. Um, my next thing is well, a bubble level is an accessory, or is it just something you chuck on? I see. Yes, it's to know that this is one of those um, debates in the precision shooting world. It's like neck sizing or full length sizing or 308 versus 65 Creedmoor you know there's always a split of opinions um, I think they're very good especially for newer shooters uh, who might have a tendency to majorly camp their rifle um, inside 700 metres it's got to be a massive <laughs> pretty significant cant to put you off target uh, I, did, but it's, it's... I did look it up and um, we'll go with Imperial but a thousand yards a one degree cant can equal three inches to whichever way you canted. So mm. if you're seven degrees, that's 21 inches. So that's, that's a miss, you know, yeah. if you're that. But, but, but like one degree is actually a significant um, angle as, as much as it doesn't sound like it is, it is like, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, but it's again, not hard to get a level if you're having trouble with it. Um, I, I guess one thing I, I struggled with in the past with, without using a level was if we had a target set up on a track on a, on a property, uh, I might align my horizontal and my scope to the track, which is probably leaning, you know, not meaning in the flat, right? They're going up hills. Yeah. Um, so it's just being uh, aware of the environment um, and you should be able to eye it up pretty good. Again, I, I do engineering for... Uh, um, a day job so we a lot of things uh, we use levels all the time right but um i'm not going to say don't run one uh, a lot of high quality rings come with them and built so put you know put that one to the rear uh, or get a nice little um little bubble michael wilkie we've been on podcast he's sort of one of the new zealand's top precision shooters he swears by a bubble level so um 
you know, and then Simon Gillis, he doesn't. So it's it's just a, up to you. Um, I've used them, one, but I, don't, I tend to forget to ever look at them. So yeah, uh, I took mine off because I found they get caught in camo nets a lot. I just don't have those stages. Um, solution. <laughs> solution. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I think early on it increases your awareness, but I think at a point you really don't. I don't know. I just feel unless you've got a specific problem with that rifle. What I'm when I say problem, the way it sits, and you may be naturally canting a bit. I don't know. Mm. Is that a thing? <clears throat> I think I think it's it's like when you first get a car when you're a young fella. It's really easy to like bolt on a stupid pod filter and fluffy dice and stuff like that. Like it's a really easy cheap mod to make. Yeah. Um, and and you think it's improving things? Now it could improve things, but I think you're better off to concentrate on what the wind's doing, because that's like an impossible solution for everyone forever. But you can get better at it, but you'll never master it. I I certainly haven't. Um, start learning about natural point of aim. You know these things are free, but you've just got to, unfortunately you've just got to find someone who can teach you, or someone good on the internet. Start learning about trigger control, follow through on the trigger, you know, part of trigger control, recoil management, um, getting your body positioned properly. These things are going to increase your accuracy so much more than a level will. Um, now, am I saying don't put one on? No, put one on, that's fine. But also, if you're putting one on, make sure you've mounted your scope level and that your level's level. So you might have your scope on the piss one way and your level on your piss the other way and you just compounding issues right so get a scope mounting kit or whatever and or get someone to help you have a scope but, that indicates it inside the scope like the level plex and now i know a lot, a lot of yeah you can get one of those a lot well kind of that means the scope's level but the rifle may not be level to the scope so a lot of people i know in the gun world will buy really cheap levels as in like engineering type levels and use them to set up their optics uh, the issue with that is, is your level level as well. So oh God. The, I know. So the quickest, easiest way, it's like first day of engineering trade, get your level, sit it on the, ideally a flattish bench, put it one way. Yep. It's lining up to about here and then turn it 180 degrees, um, you know, end to end, left to right. And then it should um, be the same. But if it's pissed level, it'll just go the opposite way. So that's a really easy way. Uh, actually jeff from the gun rack we did it with his and he had some little levels and they were we ended up throwing them all away because they were junk so <laughs> or just buy a little wheeler you know buy a he'll listen to this he'll remember it buy a little wheeler um scope alignment kit for 100 bucks it's if you're doing a lot of gun stuff if you're not don't panic but again don't overthink it if you're if you're if your reticles out quarter of a degree um it's not the end of the world all right, what's my next one? Is a, is a doofer that hooks on the side of the scope that has your information on it for the for the for the for the stage, like dope. Oh, like a data card for the side. Yeah. Okay, so I run a wrist um, card yeah. currently, an Armageddon gear. I don't know what it's called, but it's the idea is that you ride on it with a vivid, and then you can wipe it off with an alcohol wipe. But I soon sort of figured out that it was easier just to put painter's tape. You just drink the alcohol. And, um, yeah, I drink, I drink the, I chew on the alcohol wipes. No, so I just write on it with a vivid, on the painter's tape, and then next stage I just layer another piece of tape on, layer another piece, piece of tape, and at the end of the day I've got a big thick thing on my wrist covered in, in tape. But um, I do see the advantage of having it mounted um, sort of in front of your P90 
parallax on your um, on mm. your optic there. Uh, it's, I, I don't actually think there's many options in New Zealand for no, I've only them. I've seen it a few times, and I thought, oh, that'd be interesting. You know, yeah, the, the beauty of it being that you can, um, if you're shooting multiple targets from a prone position, and and say you they're in they're linear, they're in line. You don't have to break your body position, and you can just glance off the scope while keeping your uh, face on the gun and. And then um, check your dope. But uh, generally, for us anyway, you'll be transitioning left and right a little bit and breaking your position regardless so you can check your wrist. But it was a potential way of saving yourself a little bit of time. And if you're bored, um, if you can put a little book in it and you can read that while you're... If you've got enough... Because if, if you've got those um, shooting sticks like Mark, you'll have heaps of time left over. So yeah. you can read your book. You're on peace or something. Like, <laughs> the art of war. Why are you waiting for someone to set up their tripod? <laughs> um, you're like a South Island comp where they'll spend an hour setting up their tripods before a stage. Oh, that's true. Um, <laughs> it's weird. Anyway, um, but you, yeah, uh, it's not a necessity for sh- any stretch of imagination. Go buy a roll of green painters tape from Mitre 10. I know five bucks, who knows? And a vivid. You don't even need the arm card. You just wrap a piece around your wrist, um, write it on there, a uh, piece of piss. You can stick it to your side of your gun, but that's pretty a bit awkward. But, um, that's the cheapest way, and it works just as good. Um, but yeah, if you want to get a side-mounted card, I do believe MDT's come up with one, so no doubt we'll see that in the next six months as, as our, our you know Target Dynamics bring them in, and maybe I'll get one in Plaza. Oh, it'll be 600 bucks, be fine. Probably, but the only thing about them, though, I'm going to come out and say it, they look stupid on the side of guns. Like, you get some pretty sick-looking guns, and then you have a bloody writing hanging off the side of it. But I mean, you're there to win, not to... Um, look cool, I guess. <laughs> are, yeah. you, are you? Are you really? Yeah, well, I'm either there with the intent of winning. I just sort of can't put it all together. <laughs> um, it sort of another... does all this fancy technology and having a, a bit of a card slapped on the side does does not quite match up sometimes, but it's fine. You could get the Kestrel HUD heads-up display, oh, but that looks even stupider. There are some ginormous ones that go on the top, don't they? But like a yeah, a see pre yeah. pre programming like target one, target two, target A, and it'll have your, your you. I think they might even live feed from a Kestrel, so if it's running wind and, but again, it's overthinking it, man. Just write it down with a fucking vivid. Yeah, but if you want it, buy it. Yeah, because uh, comp certain comps like the one this one I was watching some stuff on the other week, <clears throat> they had. Uh, yeah, they get the course book basically, or the course yep. supplier the day before, so they can do all that the night before, loading up all the. So you, that does lend itself to having some sort of roller decks or whatever, or I don't know, load it into a system so you've got all the targets and all the dope already in, apart from the wind, I, I suppose. Yeah, I can see an advantage to that, but I actually get it when I'm. So I'll, I'll sell tickets to an event, right? And then I'll get people, not so much nowadays, but. Oh yeah, I, can you send me through all the stage details? Rally, 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 and I, I just send back no. <laughs> You'll I, get that on the day. I agree because um, it's just another night wasted the night before doing yeah. all the stuff when you could do it on the day. Then, I mean, hey, it would it would significantly you, you won't have time for your reloading the night before. <laughs> it would significantly speed up the day, but so generally our targets aren't finished being set and final positions until the afternoon before an event anyway so our 
or uh, distances and everything finalized um and then, I and then we move, as we and then i move a couple just to yes <laughs> yeah so that's that's why that is um you sure that's 650 yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so we use uh, natural terrain and different topography and stuff um we don't have set berms for some stuff um but yeah so that's that's yeah so that's why we don't have matchbooks as such and you'll you'll then get a um just stage descriptions with scoring incorporated into that uh, now one other very very handy accessory uh but again not a necessity that i've certainly transitioned to over the last few years is ammo wallets um now i'm trying to convince mark this is a good idea but he's sort of stuck in the past but having your ammo um in some sort of wallet form first of all stops at rattling so you haven't got um like a plastic uh, mk box whatever they're called the the green ones you buy for 10 bucks um which are also incredibly bulky so what it does also it removes all the rubbish so obviously mark you take factory ammo so you've got cardboard polystyrene etc rattling around in your bag absolutely Love More, you know Love and it's so so bulky but so what i run currently but it is going to get upgraded i run for a comp i'll run 240 round wallets and 220 round wallets um why i don't run 340s is because i don't have 340s but um and that's got you know say if it, it be at six five or six mil loaded in it um easy as you can just open it up i've got a pouch specifically for them you take one out load your mag put it back in and then i've got another pouch for my empties so my empties go into a little um sort of uh nutsack type thing they sit in um it just it's just one less thing to worry about between stages you know exactly where your ammo is it's in these wallets you know what pouch they go in uh, you know where the empties go rather than having to dig through your bag for boxed up ammo and then opening up boxes that already got spent brass in them and stuff um but i so what i run currently is the sword options they're made in australia um distributed here by section 22 by australia um by australia <laughs> and but what i will do is i will transition over to the um saber tactical example so you won by new zealand by new zealand mate so you won one at uh, our last event the uh, winter shoot uh winter field shoot and they're quite an quite a lot flasher these now the ones i run at the moment are quite simple these saber tactical ones are uh, well they're significantly um high quality i'd say but there's you know a bit more information sort of slot and they're a bit more hard cased um i'll transition over to those they are significantly more expensive but again um a better product i think um and then maybe i'll give you all my of soft ones mark no um, no you're still going around boxes i'm sticking to cardboard here's a question for you mark yes once our bulk ammo factory is underway yeah how are you going to load the ammo i make for you into old american gunner boxes for competitions that's right because you got that beautiful <laughs> polystyrene 50 round tray and the rickety cardboard box surrounding it which creates <laughs> it's ideal it's ideal it keeps everything just nice and good and and stuff falls out of it when you don't want it to so do you know what, what i'm gonna do i'm gonna buy you some ammo wallets and your ammo will just come in ammo wallets for you. No. So you you will literally never look at it until it's going into the magazine. No. Problem solved. No. Problem solved. If Carl from Saber Tactical is listening, we'll need one, two, three, four, five, six ammo wallets, which is going to be a hell of a bill. But anyway, um, no. 
but that's it's, it's definitely just a one issue i had in the past was um uh, and I still have it to a certain extent, but just overthinking things between stages and and not putting enough effort into planning my um, my sort of well plan of attack on how I'm going to shoot the stage, what order I'm going to shoot the targets in, what positions I'm going to shoot from. So what I do is I just sort of blindly fumble into it and confuse myself. Um, so one of the reasons I've I've, I've made my uh, whole backpack and ammo storage and everything far simpler and far more organised is just to to give me less to think about so when i come to shooting that stage um my concentration's on that rather than rather you know than, oh, did i put the kitchen sink in my bag yeah or like finding shit in the bottom of a bag um i'm still still uh uh refining it and i'll probably even try a few different backpacks i've got a, a sword one as well section 22 um but yeah I'll, I'll, there's a few other options i'm looking at but yeah it's just it's one thing just to um 11 tactical no, no, I'm not cool enough for five eleven. Ah. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, cool. having a, a no, no, God, no. Oh. <laughs> um, I, I'm having a having a drop bag to put empty brass in is a really, really good thing as well. Just as so, otherwise, God, I used to come back from a match and my backpack would be an absolute fucking tip by the end of it. You know, I'd have empty wrappers from music bars and I'd have brass all through and empty ammo boxes and. It'd all be jumbled through like a, a big bloody fruit salad. So um, now it's just everything's got its place, and it's um, I, tr- I try and be OCD on it. So there's one thing to look at is you're having a bit of organisation for your bag if you can. Not always simple, um, and, and don't don't necessarily go and buy a bag specifically like I did for comp shooting. But um, just use your hunting day pack, you know, thirty litre. I'll fertilise a bag. Fine. <laughs> an old knapsack. An, an old spraying knapsack. Pillowcase. <laughs> just throw everything in a pillowcase and carry that around over your shoulder. Depending how much stuff you have in your pillowcase, you could use it for a rear bag if it was the size of a grapefruit. That's why. If it doubles up. All that brass jumping around. Yeah, I'm slowly place. convincing Mark to have all this um, things set up. Like, but no, I'm a lot more organised with my packing for these things. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's just... Man, it's 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 it's. I'd never realised how much of the sport was a mental game. Once you sort of get the shooting down, well, mostly down pat, it becomes a uh, well, there's a positional side to it, but it becomes a mental game to try and um, do well. Anyway, but but yeah, I think that's most of the sort of main accessories I'd run for comps. Um, yeah, outside little, of competitions, branch into electronics. So we'll do that. No. Tomorrow. Yeah, that'd be that'd be another one. Or maybe one for comps would be some form of wind meter. I'm just going to say. No, we'll do that later. We're going to do electronics episode. That might as well just be you because you I don't know frick all about electronics, but um. Yep, I can tell you all the stuff I've bought and it's now redundant and obsolete. So. Which Man, one? we could have an episode about stupid shit you buy that fucking. That just. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like the like your two seventy that you just bought stupid that shit I haven't I heard anything about. That <laughs> just. <laughs> and saying that I'm probably just as bad no but triples I start shooting a 2d3 and at these times of expensive ammo I I find it a more economical to keep blasting away with so rather than yeah no that's fair dra- I'm dragging out the uh, that's why I'm looking at a 22 magnum that's yeah that's fair enough you probably still get that pretty easy can't you oh yeah it's fine yeah. see how it goes Alright, Graham. I think that's uh... yeah, that's enough rambling. Um, yeah. We'll probably try and maybe even do, depending how this lockdown goes, we might do a couple extra episodes. I'm gonna do 
another episode with Hamish from NZ Millsup. So it'll just be a Millsup type one. Um, for those of you who have any interest in 303s and stuff. He's currently locked in his house and very bored, so he gave me a message about that. Um, and I might try and get Stuart Langslow on for one as well, where we're locked down. Right he on. does beard and gun um, sort of productions, which is like hunting videos. Yeah. So it might be a couple of different type of topics, and then me and Mark will do some, maybe a few more precision ones. And um, depending how long this uh, we're locked up for. Yeah. All right. All right. See you later. Oh, and thank you to our sponsor, um, the Co- over 19 ads uh it's, you know they paid us uh 480 dollars for this episode so it goes a long way yeah they did stay home stay yep. safe or something stay home stay safe vote labor all right see you all next time